fellas, what up? Welcome to episode six of the 2018 edition of the MFHT cast. I am the Kamish, and week three is mercifully and thankfully in the books. This is one of the worst weeks of fantasy football I've had kind of across the board uh, in the last couple years. So happy to see it in the rearview mirror. Really good reminder of just how unpredictable uh, NFL football can be. Um, I have no other key takeaways than that. I do, however, have a new segment of the pod that we are going to jump right into right now. Barley, what's up, buddy? Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good. You? Um, I'm a little upset with uh, Fitzpatrick and his first half. It was not impressive. Um, so, fellas, as you may have surmised by now, we are bringing you something new on the pod. First ever MFHD cast interview with uh, OG Chad Bartley. So, yeah, I was kind of preparing to, to be all stoked and, and be all congratulatory on what I assumed at this point would be like a total beatdown of Colmer. But uh, I think you're going to still limp in with a victory, but maybe not what we were looking for from, from Fitzmagic tonight. Definitely not. Hopefully he pulls himself together, uh, connects with Brait a couple more times, maybe Mike Evans, uh, definitely not O.J. Howard. Maybe they'll run the ball out on the other side with Connor. So I, I, feel, I feel ultimately like I'm going to get a win, but um, going to be shy of that 140, 150 mark I was hoping for, but uh, so be it. Yeah, so I, I, I think you're going to get off the schneid, man, uh, and, and get that first win. So so let's jump in, man. So started out 0-2. Looks like you're going to get a win today. How do you feel about your team going forward? What's What do you think is going to go well, and, and what are you still a little bit concerned about? So definitely compared to last year, I felt pretty good coming out of the draft. Um, obviously, that was short-lived, and it's been a tough start to the season. Um, in hindsight, definitely have some uh, – some regrets. I think some mistakes were made with the draft and deviating from my strategy to get, you know, a kind of a top, top tier running back. Um, you know, I think I paid too much for, for Hunt. He's not in that class. Hopefully he can start to get in the, uh, the action with Kansas City. Um, but I, I kind of feel like my team really lacks that elite player and it's going to be kind of boom or bust every week where I'm going to put up you know a hundred or I'm hopefully going to put up you know a big number and 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 get a win but that's a that's a tough it's a tough uh that's a tough proposition week in week out so um I don't know we'll see it's it's early crazy things happen and in fantasy and uh, I'll obviously work the waiver wire as I do so hopefully my my roster can can improve but uh you know take the win over Colmer um hopefully that happens and then we'll we'll regroup next week yeah, well, Yahoo's got you a 99% chance to win right now, so I think you're good there. But, uh, yeah, so interesting about Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, what I'm reading about him is that um, Mahomes is just so good going down the field that they're just not dumping the ball off to him at all. So he, he doesn't have that role in the pass game like he did last year, which is which is kind of a drag. So assuming you go on to beat Colmer tonight, which I think you will, what do you, what do you think are the keys to victory for you this week? Um, you know, up and down my lineup, I think, you know, generally guys hit expectations, um, maybe a little bit below, but, but not, you know, a a gross underperformance like I've seen. And then obviously my boy, Will Fuller balling out, um, you know, just scoring touchdowns weekend, every time, every time he's in the lineup with Watson (laughs) scoring tuds. So, so that was big for me. Um, 
you know, I think, I think Colmer on the other side, I think his squad obviously disappointed. Um, so shout out to, you know, like the bills, you know, taking down Minnesota and Steph Diggs, um, you know, out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think a tough call for him with the, the running back by committee there in Miami that didn't help, help Drake. But if I had to call out something, I look at his, has his squad. I think he's got four, maybe five just true bitches on his bench. He doesn't have a lot of depth. And he rolled out the double tight end again this week, going back to the well. And, and I think that's going to that's gonna hurt him ultimately. So, you know, some bad decision-making on his part, maybe a little bit of bad luck, um, and then maybe some good luck for me. So I'll, I'll take it, um, you know, and, and I'll enjoy that victory over him. I like it. I like it. Yeah, the, the double tight end is, is nice when it works, and it's askew when it doesn't. Um, so shifting gears just a bit, you have been playing DFS, uh, Daily Fantasy Football, for, for the last couple of years, I think. Um, and you and I talk a lot about that. Um, how do you think that helps you in our league? And if so, how? Or do you think it's, it's a detriment to you in terms of the way that you go about season-long fantasy? Yeah, no, I, I think, yeah, this is maybe just my second year. I finally listened to you and got into DFS. I think it's super fun, um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a great thing. So I would, I would encourage others to, to join in the fun for sure. I think, I think net-net, it's, it's, it's a huge help. I mean, there are times where you have kind of the DFS versus, you know, MFHT kind of uh-huh. conflicts of interest, and you got to kind of compartmentalize that. But, you know, um, totally. I, I'm a big spender, as everybody knows. So when I've got like five or ten bucks on the line every week, I got to do my research. I got to do my spreadsheeting. So, you know, I found some really good sources of information. Obviously, that that's going to translate over to, to MFHT and help me make some some calls. I think you know, a lot of the stuff I read does go a little bit deeper than just kind of the surface matchup information or, you know, defense and where they rank and all that crap. Um, you know, looking at individual matchups, looking at, you know, game flows and scenarios, point totals, you know, other crazy stats that the DFS community has, you know, it's super, super interesting. Uh, so I definitely think it, it helps and, and translates over to MFHT. So, um, Maybe hopefully someday I'll I'll uh, put up some big numbers and get back to to winning a little bit more consistently. I've definitely been been uh, fading in MFHT, which you touched on. I feel like some of the old guys are are getting displaced, but um, dude, but we're all I, I we're do all think it helps. <laughs> so, it's not just um, you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So cool. Um, but anyway, yeah, I think I think it's a ton of fun. I think it absolutely helps and. It's, you know, it's a time suck, but hey, I got a little bit of time on my hands. Totally. I hear you, man. Uh, yeah, Thacker was hitting me up uh, earlier in the week asking if we're going to get the, the side league rolling again this year, which I think would be fun to do a few weeks yes. out of the year. Yes, um, we, we should definitely do that as the year progresses. Um, so, yeah, so you alluded to this, but um, you have been known to work the waiver wire pretty hard from week to week. I mean, I think most years – you probably make more moves than anybody else on the waiver wire, maybe followed by me. Um, what are some of the, your favorite waiver wire pickups that you've ever had in, in your, I believe it's 14 year history playing in our league now. Yes. Yes. Yeah. This is year 14, which is crazy. Um, so yeah, it was fun to dig into the archives um, and, and look back at my records and things like that. 
Um, I do like that we don't have to like bid money and stuff on waivers because that would that would really complicate things because I do like to to get after it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, clearly Burleson, I mean, you, you, you named an, an award after me and Burleson, you know, the, the Bartley bitch Burleson award. So, I mean, he's sure. he's yeah. he's, you know, he's an all star for sure. Um, but I, I remembered, you know, we were at Claudia's and watching the games and this dude, Peyton Hillis, is just going absolute yes. ham <laughs> and just just totally. going out of his mind. And I had to go home and pick him up off waivers because apparently I didn't have a have an iPhone at that point, which doesn't <laughs> surprise me. Um, so nice. so Hillis and then later Josh Freeman and the Garrett led me to my nice. one and only MFHT championship. So so those those guys, you know, are obviously important. But I think some honorable mentions, you know, going back to the glory days, you know, you've got guys like Derek Mason beanie wells the greg jennings donald wow. driver you know pierre garcon the waiter guy still oh, doing yeah. well still hanging around still yeah. hanging around um kenny Britt, um and then you know some guys that didn't necessarily pan out like a greg little um i think ben taint had one good game um at least for me cj spiller mm. so anyway some some classics there for sure, but um, but obviously Burleson top of the list and catching uh, lightning in a bottle with Peyton Hillis the one good year he had led me to my championship. So shout out to him for sure. Nice, yeah. So Peyton Hillis to me is like the all time like Madden curse guy, right? Like he has that one year where he just went off. You win a championship, they put him on Madden the next year, and then he's just like never to be heard from again. Off a just like completely disappears. Yeah, completely disappears. Also, side note, I'm, I'm sure I've told you this before, but. I actually work with a dude named Ben Tate and I think about the, the guy from the Houston Shame. Texans literally every time I see Poor him, guy. I'm like, Oh, how many fumbles did you have today? Um, all right. So, so we got We got to wind this up here, but um, last question. You and Tice are known to be lifelong share buddies. What is the <laughs> best entree that you and Ticer have ever shared? Yes, dude. Lifelong share buddies made me spit my coffee out on my hellish commute. Um, so good work. Although we've never shared pants or shirts, I think was something else you mentioned. Um, that sounds like, but, but anyway, um, so I mean, first you have to share entrees. I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, you get to enjoy two meals. I mean, it's just, it's just ridiculous not to. So I had to put that plug in there. Um, I don't have a great memory um, about a particular like actual meal per se, but we did share an entree at Bandon when we went golfing. It was awesome. Like, so plug for golf in this group, we need to do something like that. Um, but we, now that we both are at Nike, we will go to this sweet sports bar in Beaverton in a, in a strip mall and nice. share two little entrees, like a little hamburger, maybe a little chicken sandwich and this waitress always looks at us funny and gives us the 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 kind of the stink eye, the side eye. But as she should, you know, we we power Good. through. Um, she happens to have you know some some nice jugs, so it's it's kind of a win win. You know, we we get we get laughed at, but uh, we share an entree and we have a good time. So, um, All right, but buddy. yeah, lifelong share buddies. Cool. Good. Good. Well, I'll, I'll make sure to ask Tice about that one too and, and, and see if he has a different get take his, on that. Yeah, but, uh, get his take. He, he has a better memory 
than I do, as you're aware, with all of his 40 times in high school yeah, and, and all that. Steel trap so. that one. Yeah, but but I do appreciate you uh, uh, allowing us to get a little bit personal here. So, all right. Yes. Well, listen, man, we got to wrap this up. But, um, you know, good luck in the second half here on Monday night. Again, confident that you're going to take Homer down. And uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this, man. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I want to say uh, – Thanks to you as our commish. I think you're doing a great job. You're an innovator. I think this podcast is an example of that. I really enjoy it. So I think you should have more guests and uh, just keep, keep doing it. So thanks, man. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Have a good night. Yep. All right. So that was a a lot of fun. Uh, And interviewing players from our league is something that I want to make kind of part of the podcast here going forward on a regular. So if that's something you'd like to get in on for next week, let me know and we will get something lined up. Uh, For now, what I want to do is get to our week in review. Um, We already know that Bartley took down Colmer and I'm sad to say that Darren took me down 129 to a pathetic 111. Uh, Great game from Patrick Mahomes, 32 points. That guy is so freaking good. And I feel like he's just scratching the surface, too. I mean, what's crazy is he's so athletic, and he had that that touchdown where he made the scramble, rolled out to the right, and threw it to the back of the end zone. Uh, But he hasn't even really unleashed his athleticism yet um, in terms of running the ball um, and doing things with his legs. So I think there is still some untapped ceiling and potential there for Mahomes, which is pretty scary when you think about it. Darren also got a great game from Mike Williams for the Chargers. 25 points, a couple touchdowns, and I personally hang my head in shame. Losing to a guy who started an injured player, Dalvin Cook, did not play. I lost to an eight-man roster, which is kind of pathetic. Um, Tim took down service by a quarter point. Again, we see service uh, starting an injured player. Leonard Fournette did not play, so he... You know, probably deserved the L. I'm not going to hang too much on him for this one. Uh, It is Service's birthday today, so I feel like I can't throw too much shade at him. But, I mean, we're only three weeks into the season, and we've got guys starting players that aren't aren't actually playing on Sunday. we got to pull ourselves together a little bit here, fellas. The Vatos came back on Monday night to take down Bettis. Uh, Once again, Bettis got a nice game from Gurley, but not from Gronk or Julio. And once again, the Vatos got the Aaron Rodgers to Devontae Adams touchdown and just really solid performances across the board for the Vatos. So good, good game for them. Rob beat Barsodi 159 to 111. And the defending champ is now 0-3 on the season. And I have a feeling it could be the curse of the Panther, which for those of you that are not aware of this, um, the Panther, obviously, our league trophy. I had it for two years before Dave took it a couple years ago. And before I passed it off to Dave, I put a hex on it. And I wrote on the bottom of it, in permanent marker, something along the lines of, whoever shall inherit this Panther, may your team be cursed with injuries and general suckiness. Or something along those lines. And I have a feeling that that, that curse is uh, hitting Barsodi pretty hard right now. I feel like we may need to do something to take the curse off um, for Barsodi's sake, but have to admit I have some self-interest here. I do feel like there may be some karmic retribution of the curse, and it's actually coming back around on me and making my team suck too. So maybe that's something that we need to do. I don't know. Maybe we like pour some IPA on it and wipe it off, and it'll all be fine. I, I, I'm not exactly sure, but in any event, we, we have to reverse the curse somehow. Last game to touch on Tice with a big score of 182, taking down his boy Eric with a very respectable 147. Uh, 
27-year-old rookie Calvin Ridley puts up 44 points on three touchdowns, ridiculous number of yards, just totally out of nowhere. So good on Tice for playing him. Um, also got another big game from Mike Evans, uh, who I was apparently wrong on after the draft. And I love how, you know, after the draft, I'm pretty much giving props to everybody and we get to Tice. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really like his team very much. And then here we are three weeks later, he's the only undefeated guy in the league. So, you know, love how that worked out for me. Good, uh, good prognostication by me. Also need to call out the fact that I was like pumping up David Johnson as the guy that I would have taken over Todd Gurley. So for the second year in a row, I'm selling Todd Gurley short. Probably need to stop doing that. Um, as a side note, the other thing that played really well for Tice was he got 30 points from Adrian Peterson. Um, that was a really nice waiver wire pickup we talked about a couple weeks ago. So Eric had Chris Thompson and the, the Redskins have been really clear about which back is going to get work depending on how the game is flowing. Um, I think on paper going into the weekend, Chris Thompson was actually probably the better play The the, uh, the Packers were favored going into that game. Hard to, to envision, I think, as, you know, the scenario that actually played out, which was Washington jumping out to a big lead. And in that scenario, they're going to feed AP, uh, which they did, and Chris Thompson isn't going to see a lot of love. Whereas if they're behind, uh, Chris Thompson's going to see a lot of love in the passing game and AP is going to sit on the bench. So that one worked out really well for Tice. Be interesting to see how that goes the rest of the year. Um, how AP holds up over the course of the season. I do think there will be games that he just gets scripted out of um, and doesn't get, doesn't see the ball. So, um, but anyways, it worked out this week to the tune of 30 points. All right. Just a few awards today before we, we move on. Um, Going to give Tice the Dougie award for best coaching move of the week for having the stones to start Calvin Ridley, a uh, guy who hadn't really done anything in the first couple weeks of the season, obviously a, you know, pretty highly touted rookie coming out of the draft, but you know, not a lot of production so far through two weeks. So that's a, that's a really nice plug and play there. The FUCJ2K award I'm going to give to myself for just pure and utter crap across the board on my roster. Started out really good with 26 points from Carlos Hyde on Thursday night, and then just nobody else came through. So that's that's quite a bit of fantasy underperformance there that I have to to take on. So not not pleased at all. Um, and then the only other award we're going to do this week is the Bartley Bitch Wide Receiver of the Week. We're going to give that to Darren for his play of Mike Williams, who was pretty terrible as a rookie. Looks to be coming on a bit. Does appear to have a red zone role for that team and has probably overtaken Tyrell the Gazelle as the number two wide receiver out there for the Chargers. All right, looking to the week ahead. Going to take service over myself, mostly because I keep picking service and he keeps losing. So let's see if we can keep that streak alive for one more week. Going to take Darren over Colmer, assuming he sets his full lineup this week and does not start Dalvin Cook again if Dalvin Cook does not play on Thursday night. Going to take Bartley over Barsodi. I like his wide receiver matchups uh, a little bit better. And I actually think Barsodi has some sneaky, tough fantasy matchups this week. Um, you know, on paper, angry Tom Brady at home, I believe, against the Dolphins. Um, looks like a good matchup. The Dolphins have actually played a really pretty solid defense this year. The Patriots' offense doesn't look quite right. Um, Alvin Kamara is obviously, you know, in a spot where he's going to just go off again against the Giants. DeAndre Hopkins has, on paper, a good matchup against the Colts, but their defense has actually been a lot better than people thought it was going to be, too. So, um, you know, not to say that DeAndre Hopkins can't get over on, you know, uh, your run-of-the-mill NFL corner. He certainly can. 
Um, but I think there's a little bit less to like up and down the lineup for Barsotti than there is for Bartley. I am going to take uh, Tyser over the Vatos. I'm going to take Eric over Tim in what projects to be a really high-scoring game that could go either way. I feel like I haven't called Tim's games very well this year, but I think Eric gets back to his winning ways um, coming up this week. And finally, I am going to, against my better judgment, take Bettis over Rob, who has both Christian McCaffrey and Devin Funchess on bye this week. So we're starting to get into the bye weeks. Um, I think it's Carolina and Washington are on bye this week, so just a couple teams, but... um, We'll start to see more and more of that over the course of the next uh, month to six weeks, and that's where things get really interesting, I think. So that's what I'm thinking for next week. All right, before I wrap up today, I want to introduce another new segment of the pod. It is time that we get back to some basics in this league and get back to talking trash on each other. Trash talk in this league used to be amazingly high-quality, and consistent and it was something that you know I think we did a very very good job of on a week-to-week basis and we've really fallen off and I actually blame Yahoo for that for for pushing their message board down so far on the site that you can't even see it and I think we just kind of gave up on it but the good news is is that we have a platform now for trash talk so I'm going to make an offer to you which is that if you send me an email on Monday or Tuesday following your next matchup or any matchup throughout the course of the week talking trash on your previous week's opponent or your upcoming week's opponent or anybody else in the league for any reason whatsoever, I will narrate your trash talk for you on this segment of the podcast. If you would like to dig into the Anchor app and record your own trash talk, which I believe is a thing that you can do, I will play it on the podcast, all right? So to kick us off on our new weekly trash talk segment, I am going to, and this is actually credit here to Bartley, because as he was doing his research for the interview, which of course you know Bartley's going to do his research, he discovered that we have a league archive. So one of the things that's in the league archive is previous messages. So I was able to look through and find some of our old trash talk. So I have a message here that I'm going to read uh, from December 8th, 2014, written by myself. This would have been during the first week of the playoffs that season, um, which was a bye week. And the two weeks that would come uh, over, over the course of the, you know, the next couple weeks were the two weeks where Eli Manning and my boy Odell Beckham Jr., who was a rookie at the time, just went completely ham and took me to the championship. Um, and I had a sense that it was coming because Odell had just been filthy down the stretch that year. So the title of this message that I sent out to the league is called A List of People Who Can Suck It. And I'm going to read it for you guys right now. A List of People Who Can Suck It by Spider2, Why Banana, that was me. That was one of my best team names of all time. Number one, Bettis for bidding me up on Monty Ball when I hadn't yet drafted a running back, $28. Karma's a bitch, dude. Number two, Tyser for just generally sucking at fantasy football and life. Sounds about right. Bartley, for your pathetic little 63 points. Number four, Darren, for your 200-point performance, the first ever in MFHT history, though too bad it doesn't count since you weren't playing anyone. Bartley, your 63 still counts. Number five, Chris, for dominating in week one and then sucking every week after that. Six, Nick, for getting lucky and beating Chris. Roddy White, Steven Jackson, Brady, Dick Rivers, that's some serious saggy balls, man. Seven, Service, for being the the Mike Riley of MFHT. Still true. 
Number eight, Colmer for pulling a Darren and giving up on November 1st. Tim for making me tag along with you while you gave that drunk girl a ride home and then almost Aaron Hernandezing me in an empty parking lot at some warehouse. I had actually completely forgotten about that incident and it was cracking up to myself the other day when I was reading this. That was a fairly shady situation all around. And finally, number 10, AJ, for enabling, for enabling Bettis' douchebaggery and for using words like art installation during the course of normal conversation. That's fucked up, dude. Suck it, hoes. We're going to the ship. All right, guys. That is how we are going to wrap up the pod this week. Send me your trash talk. Let me know if you want to get in on the interview situation. And uh, best of luck this week, fellas.